Freedom is not a gift from government. Freedom is a gift from God. Welcome to the Andrea K show. She's blonde, 5 foot 2, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Oh, welcome into the Andrea K show. Matt Locke filling in for the emergency. Andrea Kay, I'm not sure exactly what came up, but I'm glad to be in the seat to fill the uh, maybe size five or six shoe that she wears. Welcome into the program. We're going to talk about Afghanistan. We're going to welcome to the program in segment two, Bridget Gabrielle, uh, national security analyst, New York Times bestselling author and chairman of actforamerica.org. You can go buy her latest bestseller, uh, rise at her website or where books can be found. We're going to talk about some things going on. Old Joey Puddin' Pop uh, took to the uh, podium today, and I was running a bunch of errands. I was out about running errands. I didn't realize I was going to have to fill in for Andrea. She texts me. She says, buddy, can you fill in for me tonight? I said, absolutely. Not for you, anything. So here we are. Go find me at thematlockshow.com. You can find me at Real Matlock on all of my social media platforms. You can find me at the Matlock Show on Telegram. And I'm also on Rumble. But uh, Joey Puddin' Pop today came out of seclusion. It was like a bear. He came out of hibernation today or Puxatani Phil. He uh, saw his shadow and we got six more weeks of bloodshed in Afghanistan. Is that too soon today? Um, yeah, th- there's a problem. There's a problem going on in Afghanistan today, and here's the problem. We have a, a good Americans who are caught in the middle of this ridiculous presidential administration that is Joey Puddin-Pop. I, I, I don't know if I can put it any better than that. I had a Jack Carr on my show this morning. He's a former Navy SEAL and, of course, another New York Times bestselling author. They seem to be running around here these days. I mean, they're smart people, by the way. But we talked about what has been taking place in Afghanistan. And the amazing thing is there was no plan. And, of course, with there being no plan, the default argument of the Democrat Party is to blame the previous administration. Now, I've taken to Twitter and I've said these things before. Of course, this is what you know, the Democrat Party is going to do. The Democrat Party is never going to, you know, they're not they're, they're not going to apologize. They're not going to have any introspection. They're not going to go, oh, gosh, I mean, we screwed up here. Maybe we ought to look at the actions we took. Maybe we ought to learn from our failures. And maybe we ought to do something different. My good friend Jesse Kelly on Twitter today says, wait, Wait until you find out that these liberals are not embarrassed by anything. They're not embarrassed by this. Embarrassment isn't a word that we're seeing out of the Biden administration. They're not embarrassed. Joe Biden is not embarrassed by this. If he were embarrassed by this, they would be changing their behavior, right? No, they're not. They're not embarrassed. They're not doing some honest self-assessment right now. They're not sitting in a room, you know, saying, what did we do wrong? What, what, what happened here? What, what, what went bad? How can we fix this to make America great again? Not going to happen. You know, they're figuring out right now. They're figuring out right now how to navigate the next 72 hours of bad press. Because they're getting it. If you look all over social media, at Real Matt Locks, where you find me, you're seeing all the liberals. I, I gotta, I've got an uh, article here in a stack. 
vulnerable Democrats. They're blasting Biden today because they know they're up for re-election. They know this looks bad. They, they know this looks bad. And here's the deal. They're going to navigate the bad press, and then they're going to go right back to what they were doing before, which is enriching themselves, raising your taxes, bankrupting America, and destroying the country they hate. I mean, here we are. Vulnerable Democrats are trying to save themselves by blasting President Pudden-Pop for his botched attempt of withdrawing from Afghanistan, saying there's no way to hide it. No, there is. There's no way to hide this. You know, in the 24-7 news cycle that we currently live in, and, and you have to, I, I say this all the time, you have to be careful what you read. You have to be careful where you're going, you know, what kind of information you're getting. You got to check and double check and triple check because everything comes out now. It's literally, there are cameras, phones, uh, reporters everywhere, and they do better. I mean, the actual citizen journalist does a whole lot better than the journalists that are currently working for the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost. You know, we're, we're, we're seeing this deal where we're getting more information from people who are citizen journalists, who are people like me, the Matt Locke show, who, you know, we work hard at our craft. We, we make sure that we check our sources. We make sure that the information that we're trying to get to you is as accurate and correct as we can make it be. And we don't say outrageous things. We don't, we don't go off and crazy. And I know Andrea is the same way. You do the best that you can do with the information that you're given to make sure that you're delivering a quality show to your listeners. Now, here's the here's the thing. I said this on my Twitter page uh, a couple days ago. I said, of course, Afghanistan is Trump's fault. It's the Democrat way. This is Obama 2.0. You can replace President Trump, former President Trump, because that's the bad guy for Joey Puddenpop, and replace him with George W. Bush, who was the bad guy for Barack Hussein Obama. The Democrats are the party of no responsibility. So this rep, Vicente Gonzalez, he's a Democrat down here in the great state of Texas, where I'm from, he's, he's in a vulnerable district and has come under fire for making these demeaning statements towards police and voting to defund them. And he came out with a statement on Afghanistan because they got to do something here, right? The ship's going down. The captain has steered the ship into the iceberg, the coral reef, whatever it is, and it's taking on water. So you have these rats who, they want to jump off the ship. And he says the situation in Afghanistan is another shame on the Biden administration. There's just no way to hide it. They have to get off the ship. They know that the the albatross that is Joe Biden is tied around their necks. They know, Democrats know they're associated. And they also know that if, there's no coronavirus, that there's no Delta variant, Lambda de- variant, whatever variant, and we have mail-in voting, and we are we don't have mail-in voting, then they can't cheat to win an election. Here we are. Now, I had an interesting conversation today because, like I said, my phone's been ringing off the hook all weekend, and I appreciate each and every one of the people who have reached out via text, phone calls, emails, uh, DMs, all that stuff, who are giving me all this information. And, and it's it's wild. And he says, you know, well, what if this is all calculated? And I'm like, what? What if this is all calculated? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I think the Democrats worked with China, the Wuhan lab, to do gain of function that you see Rand Paul out there. And, of course, Rand Paul 
got uh, got censored on YouTube the other day for telling the truth. But my source says, well, what if they're working with the Taliban? I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, they're giving them money. They're, they're sending money to ta- the Taliban right now to say, hey, look, keep our people safe. Let us get out of here. And if we get and you saw Joe talk about it today. We're going to go after the Taliban, the Taliban. He said the bone. It's not ban, not the Taliban. It's the Taliban. We're going to go after them with the full force of the American military might if they don't give free passage to the Americans who are stuck there. Now, I want you to think about that statement because here's the Taliban who has taken over Kabul in less than a day. Do you think they're scared of our military? Do you think they're scared of old Joey Puddin' Pop? In the conversations I keep having on social media with these knuckleheads, it's amazing. I said, you know, I want you to marry these two things together for me, okay? Why didn't the Taliban do what they're doing now when President Trump was in office? Because President Trump said, try it and see what happens. And he put a missile in the backside of Soleimani on an airstrip in Iran because he meant business. Do you think Joe Biden means business? Joe Biden got out of Camp David if he's even really there. They're taking pictures from March. They, the clocks are off. Nothing's right. They're photoshopping stuff. He may not even be there. You got Joe Biden out there telling the chief of staff of the president that Joe Biden doesn't need to go back to the White House. I mean, you got the first lady running the place. And then Joe comes back to give an 18-minute speech, and he was running out of the speech like he was trying to catch a plane out of Kabul. No questions. From the commander-in-chief of the world's most, I mean, the greatest military on the planet. Not even one question to answer. All right, coming up in the next segment, guys, we got Bridget Gabriel Gabrielle coming up. She's a national security analyst, New York Times bestselling author, and chairman of Act for America. We're going to discuss with her what is going on in Afghanistan. So stick around. My name is Matt Locke. I'm filling in for Andrea Kay. You're listening to 96.1 FM, AM 1170, San Diego, The Answer. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Uh, welcome back. Matt Locke filling in for the amazing Andrea Kay. And I want to introduce our guest here, Bridget Gabrielle. She's a national security analyst. She's a New York Times bestselling author and chairman of ActForAmerica.org. Get out there and get her latest bestseller, Rise. Bridget, welcome to the program. How are you? Uh, thank you, Matt. I'm delighted to be with you tonight. Oh, I love it. So what do you think about that speech that uh, our president gave today? Uh, very weak. I mean, he did not disappoint the world. Uh, they uh, they know that America has no leadership. Uh, the world is watching. Today, if you are a Russian, Chinese, Iranian, or European, what's happening in Afghanistan is about the fall of America. And watching Joe Biden leave his vacation spot to come to the White House to deliver a 15-minute speech, then get back on his airplane, back to his vacation, told the world everything they need to know. America does not. 
not care. America is not there. And there's no leadership. Well, Bridget, why are they hiding Joe Biden? I mean, what's going on? I mean, look, we we know even before the election, Joe Biden was having a problem with his memory, with his uh, uh, with his cognitive ability. Uh, I mean, he could not even put a sentence together as he was running for president. So we know that once he got elected, uh, whoever is behind him, whoever is running the government right now, it is not Joe Biden. Uh, they put him out to make a speech. Uh, there are people running the government, and obviously at this point, they do not know what they're doing. America is in trouble. America is in trouble on the international stage. Uh, the defeat today uh, 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 was just undescribable. And we started seeing this level of failure uh, for the last couple of weeks, actually. International media was reporting extensively about the Taliban taking over city after city. It's America and American reporting who did not report what was happening on the international stage. So uh, whoever's running the country right now made sure that the media is not reporting the real news uh, because they did not want to embarrass Biden. Uh, the border is wide open where people are coming in. And we need to do something in our country really fast to save our country before it's too late. Well, and you hit on something very important. We've got Bridget Gabrielle. She's the, uh, a best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author, and chairman of ActForAmerica.org. You said something very appropriate there. You know, you've got the media running... They're, they're they're running with the water. They're running cover for uh, Joe Puddin Pop here. The speech right. he gave today was very weak. You know, it's the Afghans' fault. It's Trump's fault. Didn't want to be there. Wanted to get out. And, you know, I think Bridget, you can you can agree with me. We want to bring we want to get Americans out of Afghanistan, but there needed to be a plan put in place. And of course, the Biden administration said the plan was there. We could do it. It was all set. All these generals, commanders told me so. What happened? Oh, well, look, I mean, the, the, the real scary and frustrating thing about this is how can 17 intelligence agencies in America, Matt, the world's most lavishly overfunded intelligence community, fail in this? But this is what happens when your focus becomes on gender equality, transgender rights in the military, and the wussifying and teaching critical race theory in the military. So the blind is leading the blind. Uh, uh, to give you an example, General Oscar Scott Miller, the commander of U.S. and NATO troops in Afghanistan today said he was shocked at how quickly the Afghan National Army has surrendered to the Taliban. Now, I don't know whether he's a three-star, four-star, 100-star general. I don't care. But a guy who professes to be shocked by how quickly the Afghan National Army has surrendered to the Taliban has no business being a general at all. So what we're seeing right now is we are seeing leaders of the Pentagon who has become so politicized that they are not making the right decision by our country. We are seeing very weak leadership in the military who is blind, advising another blind uh, 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 vacationer-in-chief right now, uh, uh, Joe Biden, <laughs> and also goes to show you how much they have underestimated their enemy. They did not understand their enemy, the Afghanis, and what we are dealing with. After 20 years, they refused the warning of 
of terrorism analysts like myself and many others who came and warned uh, a general after general, administration after administration, President Trump got it. So I'm going to remove President Trump to the side. But everybody else since Obama, we warned them, we told them, you need to understand what type of enemy you are dealing with. They are not trustworthy. They're not going to stand up and fight for themselves. They're going to basically put up the white flag the minute they're going to sense danger. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. While everybody in the government said, oh, you know, the military is strong in Afghanistan. They can defend themselves. We trained them. We spent billions of dollars training them. I mean, look what Joe Biden was saying just uh, 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 a couple of few days ago. And obviously, look what we are dealing with right now. They did not understand their enemy. And that's why we failed in Afghanistan. Well, it scares me. We've got equipment over there. We've given up Bagram Air, ba- Air Force Base. We've, we, we've not gotten a way out. We're coming out of a commercial airport over there in Kabul. You're seeing the videos like I am. We're seeing people hanging onto the planes. We're watching this. We've got Americans over there. What happens? You know, I'm a guy that, you know, I look, we can talk. We can sit here and we can say what's going on, you know, in Afghanistan, the world, the administration, and all that stuff. What do we do about it? Is, is there a plan of action we can put in place? How do we fix this? Well, look, at this point, the most important thing that we need to do is make sure we get out our military, our people, our Americans are on ground. There are now 10,000 Americans on the ground in Afghanistan at the airport who are stranded that we need to get out. That's priority number one. Our leaders need to figure out, our elected officials in Congress, our military generals at the Pentagon, the administration at the White House, the State Department have got to come up with an emergency plan to do whatever they have to do to get out our Americans from harm's way. We do not want to see a repeat of Iran, the hostages in 1979. Uh, this is the scenario that, that we are horrified that it may become true in the next 48 hours, unless our military generals figure out something. I encourage people, we at Act for America, my organization, we are the largest national security grassroots organization in the country. We are launching a petition in the next two days directed at our leaders and our government uh, to basically bring our American citizens home safe, uh, regardless of what they have to do. I encourage people to go to our website, actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org, and sign up to get our action alerts. Now more than ever, we need to be able to reach you. You need to be engaged. You need to be involved. At this time, there is no leadership in Washington, D.C., and we, the American people, must do everything we can to make sure we do not see a repeat of Benghazi splattered on international media where Americans are being slaughtered and dragged through the streets. We cannot allow that to happen. We cannot allow our leaders to allow that to happen. Go to actforamerica.org and sign up today. Get involved to make sure you receive our emails and action alerts so together we can make a difference. Bridget, final question here. We've got just a couple minutes left. Where are the Republicans in all of this? Oh, don't let me get started on the Republicans. (laughs) 
you know, the rhinos who basically backed away from Trump the minute they felt Trump was in trouble. When, when, when he was running and he was on top of the world, everybody stood with him. Everybody agreed with his policies. But now the Republicans need to stand up and be counted. They thought they can appease the Democrats so much because they wanted to be liked so much. Right now, the Democrats are destroying the country. And any Republican that does not stand up right now and hold them all accountable and speak up whatever we have to do to take back our government, to take back leadership, we need to do that for the sake of the Americans who are stranded overseas right now. Not one of us in this country want to see Americans in harm's way or being slaughtered and dragged through the street. And that's why we need to pressure our Republican leaders, as well as the Democrats. We need to be bombarding Capitol Hill right now with telephone calls, with the emails, sending messages to them, Republicans and Democrats, to take action and secure uh, bringing our people home and also secure the southern border. Because, Matt, the Taliban know just as much as anybody in South America that you can bring your people into the Mexican border and they can waltz directly into the United States unchecked, welcomed into the arms by the Democrats. We cannot allow terrorists to start coming to the country right now. Oh, you are such a professional. Right at a minute and 45 seconds. Bridget Gabrielle, thank you so much. A little firecracker. I love it. And you are so correct. Go find her. Best-selling author, chairman of actforamerica.org. Actforamerica.org. Go find her. Bridget, thank you so much for stopping by the program. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. You too. I love that, but she's so right. We've got about a minute left here before we got to go to break at the bottom. I love that. She's right. And I hate to tell you, but we've got hostages. We've got a situation that's coming out of Afghanistan. She hit on it. We didn't get into it too in depth, but we're going to have Americans over there that are stuck. There's going to be a hostage. It's Jimmy Carter all over again. Don't go anywhere. Matlock filling in for the amazing Andrea Kay. You're listening to The Answer, FM 96.3, AM 1170, San Diego. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Well, it's Matt Locke filling in for Andrea Kay. And I have to admit, I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I screwed up on the handles. 96.1 FM. Gosh darn it. I know why I did it, too, because I fill in for 95.3 out of a station out of South Bend. So there's that. I mean, I fill in all over the country. I love being out here in San Diego. You're one of the classiest audiences I get to be in front of. You want to find me at Real Matt Locke, L-O-C-K-E, on all my social medias, thematlockshow.com. Find my show every day at 11 a.m. Eastern, all where podcasts can be found. I want to take you to Texas. I'm from the great state. Well, I'm not really from the great state of Texas. I moved here. I'm a Hoosier. I was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana a long time ago because I'm old, but I got to Texas as fast as I could, and I love Texas. The people are amazing. They're polite, civil, always so inviting, right? And then you've got liberal cities like Dallas and Houston, San Antonio, and places like that where, you know, we've got a, we've got a Republican governor in Greg Abbott. He's up for a reelection this year, so he's ultra-conservative at the time he needs to be, which is kind of funny, but it is what it is. But here we are in the great state of Texas, warm. 
I was out today. I, I was running errands and whatnot. It's about 94, 95 degrees today. You know, I have not seen a lot of cases of the COVID, of the Delta, the Alpha, the Lambda, wherever they're calling it today. But last week, so school started today for, uh, for where I live in Benbrook, which is just outside of Fort Worth, school started today. And it was amazing because right as school started, masks came back. All of these county judges, school board superintendents, they're like, whoa, the scary Delta, we, we, we've got to protect these children. Now, mind you, your child has a better chance of being struck by lightning on the third Thursday of the eclipse of the lunar moon from getting or dying from COVID. I think 352 children have died in the past 18 months, which is sad. Let's not throw that away. But if you know how many children died of the flu, that's a speed bump on the way to those deaths from flus and other maladies that our children face. And, and I can't imagine a child dying. My best friend, his son died when he was a young kid, from a, a very young child, like two years old, from a very r- extremely rare neurological disease. It, it happens is what I'm saying. It sucks. You never want to bury your children. But there is this thing called personal freedom and liberty. And Texas and Governor Abbott said, you know what? We're not going to mandate children wear masks in schools. And what happens? These liberal schmucks old celebrity hound. I can't call him what I really want to call him. If you listen to my podcast, you can, I'll tell you all the naughty words, but he's a, he's a Liberty. He's a celebrity hound. He, he likes to be in the limelight and he came out. He's a County judge for Dallas County, which is Dallas, Texas. And he says, mass mandates in schools. And then of course, the superintendent of the school in Dallas County goes right along with it. Oh, it's it's it, it's for it's for the safety of these children. We love these. Governor Greg Abbott, oh my gosh, he wants everybody to die. It's crazy. We're all going to die, which the science just doesn't pan out, right? So the Texas Supreme Court over the weekend dealt a blow to these state officials who have challenged Governor Abbott and his mass mandates. The Texas Supreme Court imposed a temporary halt to lower to, to, to these lower court decisions that overruled the state ban on mass mandates. So what they did is they overruled the federal appeals court. The federal appeals court sided with the, commu- the, 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 the county judge and said, yes, mandates got to have the mask. Well, the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in the land outside of the federal Supreme Court, right, of the states, said, no, 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 there'll be no mandates for masks. You have the personal freedom. The crazy thing about this, is you literally have Democrats, and we're going to get to this story in the final segment here, because I'm going to roll it over in Florida, calling Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, the governor, a dictator for allowing you personal freedom. Yeah, we're going to chew on that coming up next. But I want to go. I want to talk to you about the Dallas school s- superintendent, because the Dallas Independent School District is going to continue maintaining its mask mandate. Yeah, I want you to sink it. I want you. To, I want you to hear what I just said. So the Supreme Court said, no, 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 no. The highest law in the state of Texas says no. Mass mandates are unconstitutional. You have the right to personal freedom and liberty. They're against the law, and we tell you no, they can't happen. 
Well, the Dallas Independent School District will continue with the mask mandates, despite the Texas Supreme Court ruling that you don't have to. Dallas ISD Superintendent Michael Hinjosa said yesterday, until there's an official order of the court that applies to Dallas ISD, we will continue to have the mask mandate. I mean, these Democrats are none too bright. But this is what they do. They fight. They're ruthless. They're amazing. I mean, it's crazy. I've got a good friend, Chris X. He's on a KSEV in Houston. He does a, a show. And, you know, I'm talking to him today before I before I come on. And he says, you know, look, this is this is not, you know, look, this doesn't surprise me. They're They're so buried in their ideology that they just frankly don't care. They think. And this is the thing. And I don't even think it's this. He says they think that they're saving children's lives. I don't think they're thinking that. I think they want to control you. I mean, it's amazing. The teachers union, the superintendents, all of that stuff. They all of a sudden they're going to raise your kids. They're going to be the ones to call the shot. They're going to be the ones that say your kid has to do X, Y, and Z that you're not. And what they do until there's an official order of the court. Well, the court ruled there's no ban. You can't mass mandate. They ruled it. It's a blanket ruling for the state of Texas. I mean, it, well, it didn't say our name specifically. What? <laughs> and Joseph called on Texas Governor Greg Abbott to allow locally elected officials to make mass decisions in their own communities. Well, what happens when you have a power-hungry superintendent who wants to control kids and oversteps their bounds and oversteps your personal liberty and freedom. Who who steps up for you? Who makes sure that your liberties are not taken away? And I find it just so daggone interesting that the left plays this like, oh, well, it's for safety. For, for safety for who? The science is nowhere even in the ballpark of telling you kids should be masked. And, and you have to think about the learning. Because now, here in Texas... They want to go back to virtual learning. That's really good because they did a little survey all across the country and uh, kids are failing miserably because of virtual schooling. I mean, think about it. ADHD, they got computers, they got video games, they've got distraction, they've got all that stuff. We got places where they don't even have the internet because of course, in the human infrastructure, broadband for all, right? Well, at least for minorities, not for us white privileged people like myself who happen, my skin pigment happens to be lighter, right? My, my, my privilege is broke, by the way. I mean, it hasn't made any money in 47 years. I don't know what it's doing, but it, it should learn to do better. But my whole point is kids have distractions. They need guidance. They need prodding. They need that, te- that, they need that teacher. I mean, I can tell you numerous stories about the teachers who affected me in ways that made me who I am from my English teacher, Mrs. Eddie, to my math teacher, Mr. Malone, to my typewriting teacher. I only have nine fingers. I got my hand caught in a machine. I cut off my ring finger on my right hand. Mr. Malavi taught me how to type, type keyboard at the time. Wasn't really, I'm old. Like I said, wasn't really computers, but I learned how to type with nine fingers. I mean, these are the teachers that guide you that influence you. These kids need to be in school. This isn't about safety anymore. 
This is about a country that is falling behind. In our studies, do you think China are letting their kids stay at home? You don't think they're going to school? You don't think they're learning? You don't think they're doing? I mean, we're watching as stuff goes on in Afghanistan, Russia, you know, going after Ukraine, China going after Taiwan. I mean, you've got all this stuff. I mean, we're, we're being left behind and our poor children are suffering. And with the COVID and all the stuff that we didn't know about when it first came out, everybody sheltered in place, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve. And here we are. And now you've got these rogue independent school districts who are saying, eh, you know, I don't have to listen to the Supreme Court. I mean, I don't have to listen to the law. You had a Democrat governor up in Wisconsin last week that told Democrats, just disregard those subpoenas. They don't need that information. Just disregard it. And I'm going to leave you with this as we come to the net, the last little segment here. Why don't you disregard a subpoena from the IRS or from your government and see how far that gets you? You know, the government and the Democrat and all these people, they can disregard subpoenas, but you can't. All right, guys, we got one more segment here. We're going to talk about Florida. We're going to talk about dictators. We're going to talk about what the left believes the right will, really was, but that's, what the, that's who they are. My name's Matt Locke. I'm filling in for Andrea K. You're listening to 96.1 FM, The Answer, AM 1170, San Diego. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. All right, final segment, Matt Locke filling in for the amazing Andrea Kay. I'm sure she'll be back tomorrow. She reached out to me today and said, hey, emergency, come on in. I said, all right, let's do this. Go find me at thematlockshow.com, thematlockshow.com. Find me at Real Matt Locke on all my social medias. I'm on the Matt Locke Show on Telegram and on Rumble. So go find me there. If you like what you heard, I, I like talking on the radio. But uh, final segment here, Florida mayor. There's a Florida mayor. Florida, one of those states, right, where the administration has literally been spending all their time on Florida and Texas. Well, a Florida mayor calls Ron DeSantis a dictator. I think he's confused about the word, but he called DeSantis a dictator for blocking coronavirus restrictions. So Mayor Carlos Hernandez of Hialeah in Florida's Miami-Dade County Describe Governor Ron DeSantis as a dictator, okay, as a dictator for blocking local officials from implementing stringent coronavirus restrictions. Now, if you've got a brain and an IQ above room temperature, you know this is absurd because Christina Pushaw, who's the press secretary for the governor, said this is ridiculous. She says here, here's her quote. It is ridiculous for anyone to call Governor DeSantis a dictator. Since when do dictators prioritize individual rights over the unchecked expansion of government power? Boom. Boom. But this is the left. It's projection. This is what the left does. Everything that the Democrat Party told you President Trump was, was actually who they are or what they wanted to do. 
we sit here today watching America have no one at the helm. I mean, no one's at the wheel, the tiller, whatever you want to call it here. We're literally just the boats going around in circles. There is zero leadership and we've seen it. We've seen it as cabal, Afghanistan, the people over there trying to get, I mean, they're, this is what drives me crazy. They're bringing in Afghanis, these, these poor people, my, my heart bleeds for them. You know, they live in, in what can only be called hell. I mean, they, they, they live under t- tyranny and terrorism and the threat of violence and being beheaded because they're Christians, because they believe in a God, right? And now we got these refugees they're bringing over to America, 20, 30,000. They're bringing to Fort Bliss here in Texas. They're taking them to a military installation up in Wisconsin. Why don't we take them to a military installation somewhere else in the world? Why don't we leave them in their neck of the woods? Don't you find this just incredibly odd that we're going to bring in these refugees who probably don't speak English, don't know the American culture? We're going to bring them over here. Why? And I want to go back to that conversation I was having with my friend about all of this being put together or planned. This isn't something that I think Joe Biden fell into backwards. I don't think this is a mistake or, oh my goodness, here here we are, you know? And, And if it were really important, do you think the president of the free world would come and speak to you for 18 minutes from a teleprompter, take zero questions, jump back on his plane and go to Camp David. I mean, we have Americans who are in danger currently overseas, and we have a president that's missing in action. We've got these mayors and these governors and these, these pukes on the left who are calling all of us you know, patriots, the, the, the people that, you know, I, I was having this conversation. I want to fill you in here. The left wants to go back to calling people that think like us domestic terrorists. When in essence, the White House won't deal with the terrorists who are currently destroying Afghanistan. Think about that for just one moment. President Biden has sterner words for you and I than he has for the Taliban. And we know how red lines go. The red line that Barack Obama drew in Syria, they just walked right past it because they don't care. There is no strength displayed. There's no leadership. These terrorists know that. And and here you go locally. And I wanted to make all this because it's, it's it's all together. All of this is being done on purpose. And, and, and I, the question that Pushaw says is absolutely correct. Since when do dictators prioritize individual rights over the, the unchecked expansion of government power? We are living in extraordinary times. I, I say this on my show a lot. You know, my grandfather was a World War II veteran, and I would sit on the front porch, and I love a good story, and I would listen to the stories 
that my grandpa would tell me. And amazing stories. I mean, I could go on for hours about it. But the one thing he would always say, which I always cracked up about, was he was worried about my father's generation. It, it was so funny. He would beat on my dad and my uncles and my, I mean, he was worried about their generation. They were too soft. They didn't have to live through what he lived through. He lived through the Great Depression. He lived through uh, World War One and Two. I mean, he was young and he was born, my grandfather was born, I think, in 1910 or 1908. So, you know, he was, he, he didn't fight in World War One, but he did in World War Two. But, but he lived through all that. He saw it. He, you know, they saw how they had to live and whatnot. And, and I found it amazing. And then my father, who is a Vietnam veteran that we're, that we're going back to today, Saigon, the, the helicopter on top of the building to get our people out of Vietnam and all that stuff and doing that. And my father was worried about my generation. He was worried about what I was going to do, if I was going to be conservative, if I'd pick up the mantle, if, if we would protect the America that he knew. And I have to tell you, we're here today, and it's so surreal because I'm worried about my son's generation. You know, I'm a father of two. I have a 22-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son, and and I worry about them. And And I have a granddaughter. And I think to myself, holy cow, what what is happening in the world that I grew up in, where we could drink out of the garden hose? where you jumped on your bike and you rode to your buddy's house six miles away. You weren't worried about, you know, getting kidnapped or falling down and scraping your knee or if the kid down the road had COVID or the flu or anything else. You just did it. And now we don't. We live in an America today of fear, fear of reprisal fear of stepping outside of the boundaries that the government says are there for us that we that we should we should you know we should follow the rules the law and order right but yet you've got independent school districts who don't follow the rule of law when you don't follow the rule of law you end up with anarchy this is what happens with america now we've got terrible leadership We've got civil unrest. We've got Antifa and BLM and the coronavirus and now the Delta and now Afghanistan and foreign policy and everything else. It just leads me to believe, how do we fix this and where is America going? Guys, that's it. We've got just a few seconds left. I so appreciate the fact that you've been along for the ride. I always enjoy filling in for the great Andrea K. If you like what you heard, go find go find me, thematlockshow.com, thematlockshow.com. You can find my show Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, where all podcasts can be found. Go subscribe. Make sure you give me a five-star rating because that's all I'll take. You can find me at Real Matlock on all my social medias, Telegram, The Matlock Show, and, of course, Rumble. I'll tell you what, San Diego, you guys are a fantastic audience. I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate Andrea K. Hey, Matlock, stay classy, San Diego. 